Okay, okay, maybe, just maybe, I didn't make a review for Dynamite for about uh, two weeks. Yeah, I know, shit happens. But because of Monday Night Raw, I desperately need some good professional wrestling in my life. So, because of this, I'm gonna make two or three podcasts about four editions of Wednesday Night and late Tuesday Night Dynamite. It's four dynamites in like two slash three hours that I'm gonna make a review. I'm still not sure how I'm gonna make this review. Will it be just 9th September episode or will it be 9th and 16th September episode? So stick around to find out, but you will probably guess by the length of the video. Um, I need to tell you at the beginning that it's not going to be a typical play-by-play review. So there was nothing bad per se on the show. There were some moments that were just fine, some segments, maybe some matches. And I'm maybe going to say that they happen or maybe I'm just going to ignore them. So... If you will remember that some shit happened and I didn't talk about this, just know it didn't really matter to me personally. I'm just gonna talk about stuff that I absolutely adored on the show or hated if there will be such a moment. So the show started with a fun little segment between MJF and Chris Jericho when they both arrived in their limousines or their both uh, fancy cars. They came out, praised each other, said how much of a disappointment it was to see them lose on All Out, but they will definitely bounce back and they will definitely be victorious next time. Uh, next time. And as soon as they both turn around, and went separate ways, uh, they both called each other a loser. That was really fun. You love to see this type of stuff. It's some comedy at the beginning of the show, and why not? I'm all for it when it's done right. Then we had fast-paced, high-flying, what-the-fuck-did-I-just-witness type of match between Jurassic Express and Lucha Brothers. I was said it was really good. We've seen some very cool stuff from uh, both teams. Obviously, Lucha Bros, Phoenix doing some incredible dives and shit. It's just insane to look every single time. And Jurassic Express were, look very good. You know, they lost this match. Oh, no, they won this match, actually. What am I saying? Uh, they lost their match at All Out. But they never felt like a proper loser's. And this time, they picked up a win after performing some incredible moves like uh, chokeslam from Luchasaurus on Phoenix from the top rope like they did at All Out, but this time with Phoenix as Nick Jackson. And he did a holy fucking swanton bomb from the top road, but it was a chokeslam. So fucking hell, that looked incredible. And the finish was very interesting because we saw... Uh, Lucha Bros hitting that finisher, that wasn't enough, a jungle boy kicked out, being an ex absolute madman that he is, that been protected as fuck over the last, actually over every single show that I can remember, he was literally the epitome of a success from AEW's point of view of booking. He is incredibly 
book because no matter how many times he loses, he always feels like a major threat to in the tag team division with Luchasaurus. So, how the match ended? After they hit the finisher, they decided to go for the Canadian destroyer from a top rope like Adam Cole likes to do, like Panama Sunrise or whatever the name of this movie is, the other name of a Canadian destroyer. Uh, but instead, Jungle Boy pushed Phoenix into the position for Canadian Destroyer and Pentagon still did it, allowing Jungle Boy to roll up unconscious Phoenix. And after the match, they Phoenix and, and uh, Pentagon obviously set, had some hit between each other, between the, the fuck, I can't speak today for some reason. Maybe it's just too early for me to make a review, but fuck it, let's, let's continue with this. Uh, they, they had some hate between each, each other because obviously one costed another match and another one just refuses to have, to shake a hand. So it only took Eddie Kingston to come out and call, and call them out saying like, what the fuck are you doing? You are the best team on the planet, but you are acting like fucking kids. So please. You, Pentagon, are my best friend. You are incredible rest of things. So make up your family. And after one attempt of ha hanging a shake. Shake? What the fuck am I saying? Of uh, shaking hands. Phoenix refused. Pushed Pentagon. And on the second attempt, they actually did it. So that was a little bit concerning. Because some people thought they're going to break up uh, Lucha Bros. Maybe they will in the future. But as we've seen from the next week episode, uh, that that was not the case. But what was the case, we saw Eddie Kingston showing his leadership skills and again reminding us that he was never eliminated from the Casino Battle Royal. Then we had... Uh, then we had uh, uh, Joey Janela and Sonic Kiss versus... Jake Hager and Chris Jericho match, which was fun. It was a hardcore match. We've seen some uh, firing signature. We've seen chairs. We've seen tables. That was a fun uh, 10, 12 maybe minutes match that you can check out if you want to. And of course, I want to talk about two major segments for me. Obviously, it's Miro making himself no in the AEW Debut in an AEW as the best man for Keep Sabian's wedding that he announced at All Out. Uh, it was really nice to see him. And I finally didn't fucking spoil myself because I checked it out and I was in shock when I witnessed this. It was very interesting because a lot of people said that, oh, you're putting him in this low-card, mid-card position, but I feel like those are the same people that were saying that AEW booking themselves in the corner because they debuted Brian Cage, immediately put him in the title picture. They debuted Brody Lee and nearly immediately put him in a title picture against John Moxley as well. They had Lance Archer, who honestly didn't debut, you know, as a lot of people said, that effectively for some, but then he picked up the pace, wasn't the TNT title picture, wasn't the match for the TNT title, and lost. So, you can say that 
dragging Miro into this title match picture would have been a little bit off when you did it already so many times. So I think giving him this time with Kip Sabian to do some stuff in a team or single, single wise with Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford in your corner might be actually good until, you know, Miro gonna snap and beat the living shit out of Kip, probably. So, seeing Miro cutting his promos, saying that you can shove your brass ring up your ass, I wasted like 10 years under the glass ceiling, and it's now time for Miro to be all elite. Great stuff, can't wait to see more from Miro. And the other segment that I really want to talk about is obviously Bucks hitting Marvass with a super kick, continue their dark side persona, you know, not giving a single fuck about what's gonna be next for them when it comes to paying like 5,000 for super kicking each, or maybe being sent off from AEW for a week or so if Tony Khan would actually want this to happen. That's interesting, but which was even better was Hangman Adam Page's and Kenny Omega's interview that we've been seeing throughout the show. One interview with Tony Schiavone and Hangman Page, where Tony asked, what's next for you? And Hangman cut this incredible promo that was very real, that he said that it's all his fault that the team broke up because it was nearly inevitable, but it wasn't. He just didn't need to do all this dumb shit. He didn't need to stop Young Bucks from winning uh, against uh, Jurassic Express or whatever the team was in this gauntlet match. He just needed... Oh, best friends, yeah. They just needed... He just needed to let them win face against FTR, let them win because they're the best team in the world, and face against them again at All Out. But he didn't, he screwed everything, everything up. He said that he feels himself as a poison, that he constantly ruins everything. But he hopes, he believes that him and Kenny can still go, they just need to pick up the pace, they just need to go through this like they did with a lot of shit in the past and they're gonna be able to be a great tag team champions once again and that was a great promo but then we had no maybe better but very interesting promo from Kenny when he had his interview with JR where he basically said that he's done with the tag team division he gave tag team wrestling nearly a whole year of his career he was insecure because people around the world been telling him that he's gonna be this big star in AEW. he's gonna be the first champion he's gonna be the main man in this company that this company will build around but he didn't feel like this at first and the tag team division was a shine in the dark for him because he finally felt like he belongs somewhere. He finally felt that he can do something. And it's not going to be singles wrestling. So that was very interesting. But he said that he feels like people deserve to see what they 
wanted to see for a long time. And it's time to come back to singles wrestling. That was so bloody good. Just, just saying, that was incredible two interviews that that's still pushing this incredible storyline that I just can't get enough. You know, I'm watching this and I'm like, oh, you were about to cry when you look at this because this is so heartbreaking. This story is great. And of course, we had the main event of the night. It was Brody Lee versus uh, Dustin Rhodes for the TNT Championship. Of course, Dustin Rhodes beat Dark Order with his friends QT Marshall, Matt Cardona, and Scorpio Sky at All Out, and he earned this title opportunity. It was a good match, not gonna lie, but I thought the fact that Dustin Rhodes had so much offense and Brody Lee had so little offense was weird for me personally because. Yes, I get it. You need to show Dustin that he still can go. He can showcase his ability at his fucking 50-year-old age. And that was great from Dustin. You've seen him doing Hurricane Ranas, Canadian Destroyers, some other incredible stuff. But I would feel that it's great you're putting over Dustin, but maybe Brody Lee should have no-sold some stuff. Maybe immediately hit his own move or something among these lines because it was good but you could have made both guys look better in a way that Brody Lee is still a champion and he would win but he gave a lot of offense to showcase from Dustin but overall it wasn't enough. At the end of this show, it was a little bit like, oh, Brody Lee actually did it. Yeah, I was never doubting him, but still, that was a close one. And, you know, it was a good match. But again, I'm, saying, I'm telling you, you could have done a little bit better with this one. But overall, that was a great show with a continuum of storylines, with some good wrestling. And this show put over over 1 million viewers so fair enough for fuck's sake they were unopposed with NXT uh, being on Tuesday with their uh, what was this was it Finn Balor versus Adam Cole or was it a tag team championship match I don't remember yes it probably was tag team was it it doesn't fucking matter to me actually maybe I'm gonna talk about NXT later on but who knows uh, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna do then 16th of September episode right now. You know what? Actually, no, 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 no. I'm gonna finish this review. Next review gonna be 16th of September show, and then I'm gonna do a late night Tuesday edition and Wednesday night in one kind of big review. So stick around. It will come out in about two hours, maybe less. So, expect a lot of dynamite tonight.